0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Good morning, folks. Today is September 27th. It is a Tuesday. Welcome to episode number 206 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing expert analysis on each of these stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you do something about this? How might this impact you? or if you're looking to break into the industry believe me you are going to get asked in an interview how are you staying current it's like it's like an inside secret we all love asking people how do they stay current but in reality we ask because it's so important because the industry changes so much this right here this daily cyber threat briefing today tomorrow the next day it's the perfect answer if you are engaged and you know, engage with chat, paying attention to the stories, etc, etc. Before we get into the stream, though, let me give a little love. Shout out and thanks to this stream's sponsors, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Listen, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents check them out at barricadesiber.com. links in the description below <clears throat> guys the tldr for barricade cyber is if you don't have a plan for when you get punched in the mouth or you don't have a good answer for what happens if ransomware hits us just it's easy you go to barricade cyber you get on eric's Calendar, which is right there on the homepage. You have a conversation with him. Guys, you know Eric Taylor. He's on streams all the time. It's his business. He knows how to handle this. He knows how to interact with threat actors. He knows how to handle ransomware negotiations. It's 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 a solid, it's a solid resource to have access to. Also, want to throw some love to the other stream sponsor, my friends over at Recon InfoSec. I got a shirt coming. They just texted me that it's in uh, it's in the mail. So, I'll be wearing a recon infosec shirt in a minute. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough to have built out a full fledged security operations capability from the ground up, check out the managed detection and response MDR offering that recon infosec has. It's a security capability being run by security people, right? It's a security business run by security people sometimes it's a security business run by business people and it doesn't always align perfectly recon Infosec mdr offering includes the people process and technology needed to deliver full spectrum security operations to organizations of any size so if you're in this This like great chasm oops what is this yeah i love eric being Rakim, but you're gonna have to wait listen if you're in this great chasm of being responsible for information security at an organization of any size. And you can't hire FTEs to run SecOps or to run Splunk or to look at Sims or run logs or anything. MDR is the solution. There's a reason it's quite popular in our industry right now. The CFO loves it because of the color of the money that you pay MDR service offerings versus having uh, overhead labor headcount, etc. Anyways, Recon InfoSec MDR for the win uh that's the deal so i do want to remind you if you hold professional certifications that require cpes each episode of the daily cyber threat briefing just like this one is worth half a cpe so two and a half a week ten a month be sure to say what's up in chat like my man will read here saying smash that like button or alicia jerry saying good morning to all of us just say what's up hashtag team live if you don't know what to say it's recorded it's burned into the stream if an auditor ever asks were you there it's evidence that you were thank you next guys document literally the easiest and i would argue a very enjoyable and valuable way to get cpes also pro tip you should document it with your certification body like quarterly and just say like 40 cpes daily cyber threat briefing october 1st to december 31st for example um it's easier than doing half a day every day that would get annoying if you are here with us live i love it thank you team live i see 68 of us kind of piled in here super awesome um if you're on replay hashtag team replay and chatter in the comments love it you know guys i know it's not easy to catch this at 10 a.m every single tuesday and thursday people have lives people have jobs but this is available on replay and it has huge value so i appreciate you being there obviously if you're on replay you've got the benefit of time travel so just jump ahead for the next two minutes because what i'm gonna do and what i always like doing is saying hello to everybody good morning to everybody i'm gonna do it right now hey munchkin good to see you hey claudia good to see you guys i'm not sure if you caught the uh uh the stream last night the world of haiku stream was excellent i i debuted uh unreleased exclusive content of the new dlc maps that are dropping on friday this friday the 30th i also showed you the dojos collectively we played through one of the john the rip uh excuse me end map dojos but i did have to use hydra uh to bust into some stuff so a lot of fun i am going to be playing some more of the dojos. Honestly, I found real value in it. I thought it was cool. Thanks to Jeffrey Foshi, Tom Bishop. Thank you, Elizabeth Perry. Very nice, very nice. Guys, no coffee. I already had my coffee. I have to drink it on my way to class um, today. But if you guys didn't catch that uh, stream last night, give it a shot. I thought it was really cool. We had a little bit of a hiccup, but we worked through it. Obvs. Also, guys... I'm not sure if you saw this, just to tease this before we get into the news. I am trying to make an effort to produce more pu- pu- published videos. I don't know if you guys saw Sophia yesterday. I released this video last night. This is Sophia, newest member of Team Cyber, uh, Simply Cyber. She is AI. She's a virtual human. She does not exist. This is completely fake. And she's reading the newsletter that I sent out yesterday. Top three stories you need to be aware of. This is insane. This is not a real person. I just fed her a script. She did the rest. Thank you, Sophia. Welcome to the Simply Cyber team. If you guys are interested in seeing this, go check out the YouTube channel. Um, pretty pretty crazy stuff. Um, I might do a couple more things with with um, with AI just because I had to pay 30 bucks for like 10 minutes a month. 10 minutes a month of AI. So um i she was only two minutes so i've got eight minutes of ai so if you got any crazy ideas throw them out there and i will uh i'll have sophia say it you know whatever we want her to say maybe hype up simply cyber maybe promote uh some of the upcoming streams i don't know we'll see what's up greg wilson yeah i got some help from chat with a one letter password lol very funny all right guys we're going to keep it at 45 minutes. Let me jump into the stream. Thank you all for being here. Let's go arm ourselves with knowledge, shall we? From the CSO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines.
1: It's Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. Jamf by Zecops. The Apple in the enterprise world just got a little deeper, with Apple MDM stalwart Jamf acquiring ZacOps. This will add advanced threat detection and incident response to the company's mobile security capabilities. ZacOps provides insights into sophisticated mobile threats meant to be blocked by Apple's lockdown mode in iOS, which it can run alongside. Jamf says it will provide more details about integrations post-acquisition in its annual user conference this week. Porn phishing scam turns into a DDoS.
0: So I don't know what Zekops does, um, but this is interesting. Jamf making a play here. So guys, um, this is this is important, but you have we have to provide a little bit of context uh, before we dig in, guys. First of all, know this: like Microsoft, there's a reason that Microsoft is like a super valuable company, right? Most most like a high 99% of businesses anywhere. I don't care if it's in Russia. Zimbabwe, United States, they are running a Microsoft technologies, active directory, right? And with active directory and and Microsoft technologies, um, it's kind of one ecosystem with the way you manage endpoints, the way with with BYOD and kind of the push to mobile devices and tablets and, and to the cloud and all this other stuff, we use mobile device management in order to Manage those mobile devices. That the term MDM is actually quite on point with what it's called. So, I find it interesting. A lot of people like iPhones. Executives love their MacBooks, right? Like I use an iPhone, and iPhones are relatively secure compared to Android devices. But Jamf is a technology that allows MDM, and it was kind of a standalone product. But with them buying ZecOps, it would and Jamf becoming government secure. We're seeing a transition of Apple or Apple products trying to make a play as a viable competitor to a corporate IT managed solution. Now, guys, like if you have one or two computers, it doesn't matter if it's Apple or Windows or anything. If you have 10,000 computers and you have to do coordinated patch management, um, endpoint, um, you know, end user support, all of these things, you do need a... Big time IT centralized management solution. And it seems like Jamf's doing that. Jamf is really cool for MDM on um, Apple devices. So, you know, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Just for me, this right here is interesting at the macro level. Um, it doesn't, there's nothing for me to do today about this. This is just industry news. But on the horizon, it is interesting to see what Apple's footprint is going to look like in the corporate environment, how it plays with Microsoft technologies, what Jamf's plan is, right? Jamf isn't spending millions or billions of dollars on ZecOps just to have a cool logo or something like that, right? This is an investment. This is a play in the market with them anticipating and fully expecting to be able to make more money in revenue than what they paid. For Zekops, or else they wouldn't have bought it, right? So this is just an interesting thing to keep an eye on. No action at this time.
1: Researchers at the Swedish digital forensics nonprofit queria Media discovered a massive DDoS attack.
0: Hold on, hold on. Stupid ad blockers, hold on. This is an interesting one. DDoS attack porn. Let's see. Stand by. There we go targeting the philippine media outlet
1: bullet lot page requests from the media outlet appeared to come from facebook links disguised to look like links to pornography clicking on them captured facebook credentials and redirected to the media site
0: hold on this is the wrong story uh it's brutal it's brutal um it's brutal because the stupid wired wants me to like spend money or something i don't know what they want but i can't do anything um But a lot of sites pick it up and repost the story, which is what we're doing here. There we go.
1: Once credentials were obtained, the account spammed their friends list with more faked links, thus increasing both the phishing and DDoS scheme. The attackers used a bouncing domain and residential proxies to avoid Facebook monitoring systems for such scams. Querium traced the campaign back to the Vietnamese company Mac Quan Incorporated, estimating it captured credentials on over 500,000 Facebook users.
0: So, okay, this is actually a pretty clever attack. Now I don't use Facebook. Um, so I, you know, I I didn't realize this, but I find it interesting. So here's the attack. Remember everybody, a denial of service attack or distributed denial of service attack is when you have multiple endpoints or, or workstations or tablets or compromised devices, whatever, all pushing traffic at one victim target or group of targets Uh, that are publicly accessible, and you basically are overwhelming the victim resource to the point where it becomes unusable. Uh, A a great way to think about this is like back in 2014, uh, some of us got Call of Duty for Christmas that year. Some of you may remember this, like Xbox and PlayStation Network got a denial of service attack and legitimate users on Christmas morning, basically kids, were unable to get on Xbox Live or PlayStation, X- Xbox Network or a PlayStation Live network or whatever, uh, because of the denial of service attack. That's denial of service. Now, normally there's two ways to get denial of service. Uh, well, there's three ways. One, you compromise a bunch of hosts using a botnet, right? So think Mirai botnet or or Quake bot or any of these botnets, right? So end users' workstations compromised. They didn't they didn't agree to be part of the botnet. You're just uh, technically controlling their machine and forcing them. That's one way. Another way is having people opt into it, right? So maybe you're part of the Ukrainian IT army or you're part of anonymous or whatever, and you opt in, Hey, go ahead and use my resources. And you pointed at the target and whatever, like, you know, Viva la resistance. Okay. Okay. That's the second way to do it. And the third way is a much more technical way where you use like content delivery network servers, memcache servers in an amplification reflection attack, uh, which is very complicated, but highly effective. Most of the cyber denial, uh, distributed denial of service attacks that you see that are up in the terabytes, like record setting denial of service attacks are typically amplification uh, reflection type attacks using, you know, these CDN servers. Okay, all of that is normal. This is a novel technique because what happened here, and this is a good one for the water cooler, okay? If, if your water cooler talks about nerdy cyber stuff. Basically, the threat actors put porn ads or porn stories on Facebook and the hyperlink that you click would go to the victim site. And because apparently a ton of people are into porn on Facebook, did not know this, this is... This is just coming in right now, coming in. uh, Yes, this is a hot take. People on Facebook are into porn. I had no idea. So, so many people are clicking it that they're basically unknowingly opting into a denial of service attack on the victim. The porn link wasn't going to porn. It was going to the victim site. And all of the people on Facebook, which is a site that's you know arguably could be blocked, could not be blocked, uh, were going there. Very, very clever, very, very interesting. Obviously to set the attack up, you'd have to have a big enough, uh, footprint on Facebook to get enough people to view or have some type of clever thumbnail title. I don't know what they were, you know, free access to porn. I don't know, but what's, so it's an interesting novel way to get a a denial of service attack. Now what's really curious to me is like, I guess you could put it in chat. I mean, is porn that rampant on Facebook? I thought Facebook was like a public social media app that like kids used to use and now like grandparents use and kids are moving off to TikTok and stuff, but like, is there like a seedy underbelly of Facebook that's like for porn? I I, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea.
1: Cloudflare announces secure eSIM offering. Cloudflare announced zero trust SIM, which will provide an eSIM that will be locked to a specific device, use Cloudflare gateway for DNS filtering, validate hosts and IP addresses, and be used as a second factor for authentication. The eSIM will deploy over mobile device management platforms on iOS and Android, with plans to make physical SIM cards available as well. It'll launch initially in the U.S. in the next few months. It's expected to roll out the service globally soon after. The company also announced Zero Trust for Mobile Operators, a pilot carrier program to allow service providers to offer subscription to Cloudflare's mobile security tools. No word on when that will launch.
0: Okay, this is kind of cool. Uh, An eSIM, electronic SIM, guys, we know about the attacks, SIM swapping, it's where basically um, my phone has a SIM, that's what puts me on the Verizon network, and then uh, someone steals my SIM by having someone at Verizon flip it to a new phone as if, oh, I lost my phone, I need to get a new phone, here's your SIM, and now all my text messages go to their phone, obviously multi-factor authentication text message, it's a complicated attack, Uh, it still happens. Cloudflare is offering up a solution of an eSIM that's bound to a phone, so you couldn't move it. Um, it to me, it basically sounds like PKI. Like the phone's still going to have a SIM card tied to it, right? The eSIM uh, would be an additional SIM. I'm assuming bound to the device, um, and you wouldn't be able to duplicate it because it would be a one-off, likely through a cryptographic algorithm that that you know uniquely identifies it. I like this idea. Um, I'm curious though, how like the phone companies that do the text messaging are going to interact with the eSIM since the SIM is kind of how it identifies the device on the network or your account on the network. So when you get a text message to your phone, it pushes it to the, to the phone attached to that SIM, the eSIM would be on top of this. So it's curious. I don't know if Cloudflare is working with the major telecom providers in order to make this interoperable. I like the idea. I like the idea of binding, uniquely binding in some secure way, a SIM to a mobile device. But guys, the whole reason, like not the whole reason, but part of the reason of SIMs in the first place was to uniquely identify a user to a phone on a network. Um, you know, it should have been secured by default anyways. But anyways... Stay tuned. This is kind of cool. It's definitely an area of opportunity for development and further hardening, especially as I don't know what the metrics are, but like 70% of people consume media on mobile devices. In fact, like I know it's 10 o'clock and many of you are at work. So you're probably watching this on a a desktop computer, but let me know in chat. I'm actually kind of curious just for an example. Who is watching this stream live right now on a mobile device? Just say mobile or on a um, desktop. In fact, hold on. I might even just set up a survey um, for that because I'm curious. But anyways, eSIM is an area that needs to be
1: uh, addressed for sure. Tara's Do quan wanted by Interpol. South Korean officials announced that Interpol issued a red notice for Do quan. This requests global law enforcement agencies to locate and arrest the Terraform Labs co-founder. He's wanted on charges related to the recent wipeout of $60 billion in cryptocurrency assets. South Korean officials accuse Quan of breaches of its capital markets law. Do Kwon's current location remains unclear. He had moved from South Korea to Singapore, but officials in the city-state said he no longer resided there on September 17th.
0: Yeah, surprise. Yeah, so Delquan Do uh, Coffeezilla's done um has done multiple things on this. This dude um I mean, he's basically like a 21st century grifter, right? He's a 21st century con man. He's using crypto, crypto markets, saying all the buzzwords, get the hype train going. The dude like he, he goes so far as to like just straight up say like that he's robbing people uh and people still throw money at him. So, you know, he's 60 billion dollar wipeout. The dude's accountable. He's on the run. Interpol, you do not want Interpol um on your tail. <laughs> so So anyways, I would I would be surprised if I would be stunned if we didn't see this um guy get caught here in the next, I don't know, 2 weeks, 3 weeks. I mean, Here's the thing. He's responsible for a $60 billion wipeout. He's probably got some assets, but it's not like he stole $60 billion, right? He he, he kind of orchestrated and this thing collapsed, right? So he does have money, but I don't think he's got enough money to hide. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So watch out for this one. All right, let's listen to the read. And now thanks to today's
1: episode sponsor, Votero. Can you trust that your content and data is free of malware and ransomware? With Votero, you can. Votero removes evasive and unknown malware from content in milliseconds without impacting file fidelity or usability. It even works on password protected and zipped files. Plus, it's an API, so it integrates with everything, including Microsoft 365. Learn more at votero.com.
0: Nice, thank you, Good. Votero. Guys, really quickly, I added a poll um, to the uh, chat so we could take a look at that. Looks like 82% are on desktop, laptop right now, not mobile device, which makes sense. It's 10 o'clock on a weekday. So, yep. Um, Guys, really quickly, just want to remind you, yes, you can watch Sophia read the, the, uh, the news. I don't think I'll continue doing that. I was just playing with virtual humans for, for the sake of research and trying to understand the technology a bit. But if you are interested in receiving a highly valuable, probably 60-second read email every Monday that I write uh, that has three actionable tasks for you, one for your end users, one for your peers, and one for your executives, go to simplycyber.io slash newsletter, get signed up. It's a hot email, comes in Monday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern, and you can instantly make it actionable. It's dope. Get in on it
1: and bad news for tiktok the uk's information commissioner's office issued a notice of intent to tiktok stating that it reached a provisional view that the app breached uk data laws from may 2018 through july 2020 according to the notice tiktok may have processed the data of children under 13 years old without parental consent tiktok has 30 days to respond to this notice there's better news
0: oh hold on messed up
1: for tiktok on the u.s front The New York Times' sources say TikTok and the Biden administration drafted a preliminary agreement to resolve national security concerns, but no deal has yet been finalized. This will reportedly center around ensuring China-based TikTok employees don't have access to American data, granting Oracle power to monitor what's recommended in TikTok to prevent Chinese propaganda, and forming a board of security experts to oversee TikTok's U.S. operations.
0: Okay, so... It's Good, TikTok's doing a little bit of uh work with the U.S. government trying to you know be a good steward, whatever that is. I mean, for all that people say about what TikTok's background is and the intent it was designed for as kind of a, a tool for the Chinese uh government, um, you know, they're, they're, they're getting involved with the United States government, it seems like. So, the story here TikTok $29 million fine for failing to protect kids' privacy, obviously. UK is under GDPR. I don't know if this falls under GDPR or not. Uh, but obviously the problem is they process data of children under 13 without parental consent. Anyone can sign up. TikTok's not validating your age and even if they are you can just put that you're 50 years old even if you're 10. Kids do it all the time, guys. You all know that little kids do it all the time. Like I know like a 7-year-old who, you know, plays Fortnite and it's supposed to be 13 only, right? Here's the deal. TikTok's going to get hit with a $29 million fine. Ooh, allow me to, you know, like, okay. TikTok made $4.6 billion in 2021. $29 million is like, I don't know what percentage is that. Is that like half a percent or something? Right? Like 29 million out of 4,600 million. It's not It's not a problem, man. It's not a problem. Like, do you take Amex, right? TikTok CEO is going to throw down one of those metal Amex cards that's like wicked heavy and be like, yeah, just ring it up and enjoy the 3% credit card fee, LOL, UK. So these fine, guys, we talked about this on stream with Liz Wharton uh, last Thursday. Fines are fine, but really like this isn't got teeth. This says teeth to you and me as human, uh, uh, as 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 people, as persons, right? If I got a twenty-nine million dollar HOA fee for not cutting my grass, I'd be screwed. But if you if you make this in in comparison relative to this, this is the equivalent of getting like a seventy-five cent HOA fee for not mowing my lawn. I just like. I don't even slow down at the toll booth. I just go through the toll booth at like 60 miles an hour and throw a fistful of quarters at the bucket. You know what I'm saying? I'm not slowing down for this. TikTok won't either. So I, I don't like that TikTok didn't protect kids. I wish that they did. I'm, you know, I'm a parent myself, but $29 million does not shake the, it doesn't, it doesn't know. Like, I don't even know if this got to the board, honestly.
1: Novoris ransomware adds to its arsenal. The ransomware-as-a-service group Coriad began operations in 2012, making them a bit of an elder statesman in cybercrime. They originally ran ransomware schemes themselves, switching to an affiliate model around 2018. Security researchers believe the group to operate the Noboros ransomware, also known as Black Cat. Researchers note that Noboros added some new capabilities in recent attacks. Affiliates were seen using the Xmatter data exfiltration tool, as well as the Info, info Stealer that targets Veeam backups. Nobrus remains current with malware trends it's written in rust for better cross-platform support and also recently added the ability to encrypt arm-based systems
0: wow dude so this is just like black matter the other day where they're investing back into their uh um they're investing back into their operations like good businesses guys they generate revenue is in as disgusting as this is you know. And I know Eric Taylor gets mad if you guys see it on Discord from time to time or LinkedIn. Like Ransomware threat actors call their victims clients, and they call the ransom revenue. They're trying to spin that they are legitimate business by using uh, terminology that applies to legitimate business, when in reality, they're criminals and their clients are victims. So, but the really good ones, just like really good businesses will take their revenue and instead of just buying Ferraris and, you know, chucking the money up in the air, screaming money ain't a thing, they invest back into their operation. In this case, just like Black Matter, they are... um you know i don't know if it was originally written in rust probably not but they've ported their code over to rust which moves faster and allows for cross-platform so they can attack arm as they said in the story they can attack the m1 chip. possibly they could attack the intel base chips etc so also um they've added info stealing upgrades which is like commodity malware at this point with redline info stealer so The one thing that really sucks is that they're targeting Veeam backup software. Veeam is a really cool solution guys. And, uh, the, the, you know, it's an IT thing. So obviously they're not affiliated with simply cyber. Uh, you know how I, how I treat IT people, LOL. Um, Veeam is a really, really awesome solution. I've worked at organizations that have had Veeam. It allows you to recover and and recover to known good backups, like very quickly. It's sick. Um, but it sounds like these threat actors also look for SQL creds, hook into the backup, um, the Veeam backups via that, and then either I don't know Xfill or somehow encrypt. I didn't know you could do that, uh, but encrypt that. So then your backups are effectively hosted. Ultimately, they're trying to. Um, make it so you don't have an option except to pay the ransom, right? That's what these threat actors are doing when they're looking for shadow backups or Veeam backups or any backups for that matter. They're trying to make it so your only option is to pay the ransom to get the keys back. If you have a contingency plan that doesn't involve paying for the ransom, um, then that's not in the threat actor's best interest, right? So... I know, I know. I'm not crapping on IT people. I I was IT, guys. I was a software developer, then I worked IT. I've worn multiple hats. I'm always just making a deliberate point to 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 point out that IT and InfoSec are not the same capability or function in an organization. There is overlap in the Venn diagram, but they're two different things. And as I said in Elevate IT conference in Houston a couple of weeks ago, you've got to remember this i love my it people i need my it people because i don't patch workstations i don't take machines offline for maintenance right i don't i don't do these things i don't go into the server closet with 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 maintenance technicians and stuff like that i don't configure the firewall i need it to do that so it's in my best interest to make sure that it feels good and I'm helping them accomplish their goals. I'm not introducing a 70% performance hit on a hypervisor because of some kind of fringe attack on cached memory guys. Remember that the, the red bleed attack. I love it. So don't, don't misrepresent what I'm saying. I love me some it.
1: New threat group found working with long-term persistence. Researchers at Sentinel Labs discovered a group called Metador operating in a Middle East telco since at least December 2020. Its victim had been breached by other threat actors out of China and Iran in the past. Analysts noted that Metador seemed to be highly aware of operation security and was able to quickly deploy intricate countermeasures in the presence of security solutions. The group used malware that runs entirely in memory, making detection difficult. Code analysis indicates it uses dedicated teams to develop and operate the malware. Sentinel Labs says the level of sophistication indicates a high-end contractor arrangement seen with nation-state operators. Mm-hmm. More adware found on, on mobile app stores.
0: I don't know why my stream deck is messing up today. Okay, so basically it's saying here that there's a threat actor group that they're uniquely identifying as Metador. This story goes on. Oh, wow, there's a nice graphic here showing their um, attack sequence. The, the the tldr here you'll they're lurking in isp networks which you know most organizations hook back to an isp network so if you think about it this way if there's only one bridge out of the city right if there's only one bridge out of a city you don't need to install surveillance in everybody's house you just set up surveillance at the bridge and you can see the coming and goings right now you won't get you know John going to Sally's house that east-west traffic, but if you don't really care because a lot of the a lot of the actions going across the bridge to Internet City. If 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 you pick up this metaphor that I'm laying down here, so <clears throat> by hiding in the ISP networks, they they have a lot of visibility. Hiding for months means that they're waiting. Uh, highly sophisticated. Uh, they indicated in the story that these guys, the second that they noticed some type of security defensive technology, they quickly responded by either you know, hiding from it or addressing it in some way that was sophisticated. My first blush on this one, and it may never prove to be true, but my first blush, my gut on this one is that this is a private contractor group. So think of like Blackwater or something like that, except for cyber. So this is a a very specialized prior military or prior you know nation state threat trained small group of actors, right? I'd probably think like maybe four to six players uh, and either they're cyber for hire or they're a kind of faction group waiting because no one no one breaks in and just hangs out and waits unless it's a service they're offering. Right. And this sophisticated means that they had the proper training to lay dormant for months. Right. It's not, you don't just get into a system and then you you like, don't move and they won't see you. These aren't Tyrannosaurus Rex where like movement is how they see you. Okay. So for that level of sophistication and for being on there for months and just kind of hanging out, I, that's my gut. Pure speculation. It's just a hot take. And that's not based on anything than what we just heard right now. I have the same information you have, but it just gives me that vibe that that's what's going on. Again, if it was a nation state threat actor, they would have executed on the objective, right? And then been out, right? Like they, like espionage, you don't hang out and just chill. Like This one seems more like they were waiting as a capability to offer a service. That's my thoughts on that one.
1: Security researchers at Satori Threat.
0: By the way, it seems like they attack Middle East and Africa uh, type countries. You can see here. So, uh, you know, I know we have some folks in here from Middle East and Africa. It's a subset of the community. But if you are operating businesses in these regions, I would recommend you investigate at least the TTPs through this. See if some of the ISPs uh, and the telecoms that were involved If you're doing business with them, if you rely on them for internet service, um, you know, these guys are advanced. So I'm not sure how easily you'd be able to detect, but it's worth, it's worth doing if you have the cycles and your organization is in those regions of the world.
1: Intelligence found 75 apps in the Google play store and 10 in Apple's app store, operating ad fraud schemes as part of a Skela campaign combined. The apps were installed 13 million times. These apps generated revenue through invasive ads, as well as impersonating other apps to spur in-app transactions. The researchers believe this to be a continuation of an ad fraud operation that goes as far back as August 2019. Thanks for listening.
0: Yep. Yeah, this is true. Okay, so a couple things. There's an entire like segment of malware called ad fraud, and I was hoping that there'd be like a, a graphic here. But basically, think about this. Um, it usually is in the Google play store. So be mindful. You can use this to educate your end users. Android apps, dude, if it has 50,000 five-star reviews, that can be, that can be spoofed, right? Like there's tons of bots that can put five-star reviews. So you can't take that as credible. Um, you, you just, you know, you're kind of taking a chance. You got to be deliberate about what apps you choose and when you install them, make sure that you have some type of like I don't know what Android offers in the way of like anti-malware or EDR solutions, but if you can introduce some type of a solution like that on your device, especially if you're running them in your corporate environment as a BYOD device, you might want to share with your end users um, these are the apps that they've discovered at least of right now. It's all in the story. So if you go to if you go to the story at sysseries.com, you can pull it. But loot the castle, run bridge, racing legend 3D, rope runner. There's a whole bunch of There's a whole bunch of them here and you can see them. If you are able to, I don't know if there's an app that does this. Like again, centralized IT management would like this. If you have the ability to scan iOS or Android devices to look for these apps installed on the device, that's another technical way to help um, eliminate or combat this type of thing. I didn't even realize there were iOS apps in here that are doing it. Uh, That's very interesting. You normally see it on Android only um so go check it out the full list of applications is right here so you definitely want to do that i'll drop this in chat right now long story short the ad fraud basically simulates and forces um clicks and links and signs you up for like paid premium services make sure you check your credit card statement you might find that you're getting charged six bucks a month which could hide under the radar It's definitely not going to flag as fraudulent at your credit card company but you might think, oh, six bucks a month, but if they do it to 13 million people, six bucks a month is a heck of a payday. It's a payday that I would be totally into. So I dropped a LinkedIn chat right there if you want to go to it. Um, I'm not just hating on Android. I don't like Android. I think that you know it's targeted more often because it is less of a secure device. But um, so that's that. Okay, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. We're at 1039 i like it i like it let's see here we go all right all right guys taking it down a notch chilling 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 all right that's going to do it for today's stream i do want to let everybody know in case you didn't know that this wednesday we had the big red versus blue tournament last week a lot of activity a lot of streams uh i do normally do wednesday 11 30 a.m red versus blue streams and we're going to get back into that um i'm actually playing against the ai this time around sophia if you will and i'm actually going to be playing as the red team operator and i'm going to be doing my best to operate as black matter ransomware group and i will be ransomwareing the crap out of this organization i will be attacking it in methodologies that align with black matter I will be educating you on what black matter ransomware group is, what their TTPs are, what you should know about them, because they are an advanced, like I consider them a tier one ransomware threat operator, which is why I selected them to emulate on stream tomorrow at 1130. So if you're interested in good times, cybersecurity, and or games, this is going to be a fun stream for uh, for everybody who joins and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I totally forgot. Yeah. I totally forgot, Will Reed did his best to remind me and I still got it wrong. Let's do it tomorrow. Tomorrow's worldwide Wednesday. If you are here uh, tomorrow at 8 AM, remind me guys, please. Uh, I want to try to push the like button in the first five minutes of the stream. So I'm actually gonna make a little card that says push the like button or something like that. I'm curious about this, um, this research around if when live streams go live on YouTube, if you get enough likes, there's some threshold where Uh, compared to the amount of people watching where it'll boost it to the front page of YouTube and stuff like that. So kind of just a little experiment I wanted to mess with if you guys were uh, interested in that. All right, so that's going to do it. Joel Belton, Jenny Housley, have a great day to you too. Zalia, thank you very much. Usha412, love it. You have a great day too, Munchkin. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much, Joel Bolton. I'll go back and look at how many how many likes or whatever it was that we got. I, I don't know how to how to do that. I don't know. Anyways, we're a couple minutes early on the forty-five minutes. So if you got a boogie out of here, y'all have a good one. Otherwise, I'll hang out in here for a minute and just kind of chat and chill uh, to hit that forty-five minute mark with y'all. Take care, Leonardo. Always good to see you, Leonardo. You might like that stream. I will be red teaming it tomorrow at eleven thirty. You take it, you take care, Carrie. You do good too, man. Omar Alvarez, thank you for the link. My pleasure, sir. Alright, cool. 57 likes. That's cool. That's cool. Watching, working. Lego security's all up in here. Thanks, Paula. Thanks, Paula. It's good to have you. Alright. Oh, Adam. Adam. Thanks so much for the squad support, Adam, and I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> All right, Jared Pierpoint, my man, have a great day. Guys, just so you know, I don't have the play card ready, but this Thursday's guest is going to be Charles Finfrock. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. That Charles Finfrock, that Charles Finfrock from the SoundBite, he's going to be our guest. We're going to be talking about ubiquitous technology surveillance systems. It's going to be kind of a mind blow uh, situation, what he shares with us on Thursday. Um, Surveillance systems go way beyond CCTV, and you might be surprised at how ubiquitous and how it's being used. And that's what Charles is going to be uh, sharing with us and going through examples and everything. Uh, It's going to be kind of bananas. So I'm looking forward to that. Exactly. Thanks, Kimberly. Good to see you. Let me see. I do like. We had the survey earlier. It looks like 57% of people are on desktop, 43% on mobile. So kind of split down the middle. Thank you for voting. Oh, Joel Belton, I used Synthesia. So, hey, this is like, you know, for for bonus time, let's do this. Synthesia Studio. Right? Here she is. There she is. Right, but you can do anything you want. You can do anything you want. Let's do this really quickly while we got everybody. We got this lady, this lady, this lady, this guy. What's up? Let's have this guy do something. Put him on a nice blue background. Simply cyber dot Right, and then we could do this, then we could Right, like any any text we want. There's Doke one. We we'll make him say this. Type our script here. Boom. Uh, I, I want a better. So there's templates too. You can do this. Right. Right. Right, logo, I mean, it's just, it's just really easy. Right, doink, doink, there we go. And then we'll just have her say, wait, hold on, this guy's out, this guy's out. We don't, we don't need you anymore, sir. Now we just got her, right? 14 seconds, and she's telling us about Doquan. Now, she doesn't move unless you generate the video. I'll generate the video. This is part of the paid version or whatever, but um, we'll just do this really quickly, test. All right, we'll give that just a minute here. This is not Canva, this is Synthesia. You can see it over here. I'm going to put it in chat. Um, I don't know if that'll work. Yeah. Synthesia. Let me let me do this. This right here. Synthesia. You guys can see it. It's creepy. It's very creepy. Yeah. No problem. So Sophia needed some coffee. Yeah. That's one thing. I didn't like Sophia. She didn't have the hype engine going. You know what I mean? Sophia has got to be better than that. All right. This is almost done. We'll give that a second. Yeah. So Synthesia, uh, the idea, the argument that they're making is that, Oh, you can make educational videos. You can do what right. You can create a free video if you wanna play with this. Um, But the idea is you could have entire staffs. We're seeing some very creepy use cases where, guys for a thousand bucks, for a thousand dollars, they'll make me a virtual avatar. All I have to do is read like five minutes of script and like move my head around and stuff. And I will be digitized in a virtual human. So I technically could crank out hardcore amounts of Simply Cyber content um, because you know all you do is feed it a script now they're seeing some instances where there's people who are 24-hour newscasters who are literally on 24 hours a day because they're virtual humans they just sit there and they the the, the production staff just feeds it the scripts and she she sits there and she tells the news as it is never takes a sick day never complains doesn't require a salary very very appealing for management okay let's take a look at this really quickly I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this, but. Right. So I don't know if you could hear the audio there or not, but hopefully, um, if you did not hear it, that sucks, but you could see how natural her mannerisms were. And guys, I just made this in like three minutes while on stream with you guys. It's crazy, right? I can make her say anything. Go to war, lay down your arms. Invest in this, guys. This woman right here, this is a catfish nightmare, dude. I could, I could easily social engineer someone into giving me money using her. At, like, oh hey, what's up? I'm lonely. Like, let me do, let me send you a video chat. I can't, I can't real time chat with you. Like, there's a million use cases here that are nefarious in every way. And guys, I just did this in three minutes. If I actually took some time and thought about it, obviously you could really deliberately weaponize this. Also, by the way, also creepy, I'm seeing some use cases where like, say your spouse dies or your child dies or your parent dies. There's enough footage out there. They can do this and you could have it say anything. Like, I love you, Jerry, or I miss you. I'm sorry I died. Or... Um, or I actually changed my will and Jerry gets all the money. Do you see like, there's kind of emotional triggers that could be activated. There is nefarious uh, use cases that could be operationalized. That's a lot. All right, guys. So that's a little little look behind the curtain on what I do with my free time. (laughs) Mess around with AI, virtual humans and stuff like that. Okay, guys, we're over on chat I mean, we're over on time. I appreciate all of you being here. Obviously, thank you very much for all the support you guys show, showing up every day. Uh, love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you all. Be good, and I will see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time for the daily cyber threat briefing. Remember, if you got value out of this, share it with people in your social network. We're always looking. We're hey, doors are always open. New newcomers always welcome. Thanks so much. Cheers.